You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Jeff, and I will be your host today. What? Like, legitimately. I will be reading questions that I wrote. Jeff uh, was contractually obligated to appear once every three years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's only three years because I have, I've always had a lot of respect for people who come on the show and write questions, but this week in particular. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you, a, and if you hate these questions, just let us know because Jeff is not sensitive at all. No. It's like an urban legend. Actually, though. if you tell me you hate it, that'll get me out of writing one again. So I'm cool with that. Oh. <laughs> Ken, uh, Weaponizing competence. You're sporting some very interesting uh, and, dare I say, not needed pants in the studio. They're just pants. They have a, a art on it from a movie. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. I'm not wearing these, just for clarity. <laughs> but we found some uh, Schindler's List leggings online. I, I guess oh, they're God. semi-viral. But it's just like scenes from Schindler's List on oh. leggings. Like, I thought, I thought, thought was, this was a good idea. It was just the list written down the leg. Oh, no. That's so Matt's closet is, is Zuba's uh, hammer pants and Schindler's List leggings. What a bad idea. What a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. It is a really bad I idea. I hate everything about this. But yeah. I'm still going to buy some for Neil. You should. You're a big Spielberg fan. You should. Well, I'm a big Spielberg fan. And, and <laughs> Not one of that my, big. There are lines, Ken. <laughs> well, no, I, I am a big Spielberg fan, but one of my dreams is to have Ben Kingsley on my ass at all times. <laughs> <laughs> He does. He does take those roles sometimes. He does. He's a sexy beast. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I don't know where to go with that. Yeah, it's a tough <laughs> transition. <laughs> we'll tran- over. We'll transition to our own sexy beast, Jeff. Uh, we have some guests. We do. Us today. Um, yeah, we've got uh, coming to us savage superstars uh, Christian McGurk and Aaron Murtaugh from Alexandria, Virginia. They're uh, joining us together. Um, how are you doing today? We're doing great. We're super excited to be here. Yeah, we uh probably in our third listen of the entire triviality wow. catalog, so we're uh, at least well-versed on the, the trivia that has happened, but <laughs> we're prepared for some surprises today. I'm always prepared for that's, surprises. Yeah. That's awesome. You're better. Apparently, I forget everything I've ever heard and I'll, seen. I was going to say they're better than us, because I don't remember anything that's ever been on the yeah, show. Yeah, they've listened to it three more times than yes. I have. It's true. <laughs> So I, I wanted to step in because we were emailing before um, you appeared today, and uh, there is an engagement. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, we were actually listening to Triviality when we got engaged. When, we, when Christian popped the question, we no. both had uh, we had our AirPods in, and we were listening to an episode on the beach when he uh, got down on one knee. I can't remember which episode it was. <laughs> oh, real. yeah, don't do that. <laughs> That's true. You need to propose yeah, it's again. True. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even, uh, I forgot to mention in my first email, I mean, Christian was like, did you mention that we were listening to Triviality when we got engaged? And I was oh like, oh, gosh. shoot, I forgot. I, I forgot touched. to mention I that. Touched. That's that's an honor that is no, we can wholly pause. unbefitting <laughs> us. I think it was still going on. <laughs> I love that, that Dutch we Boy was there. Jokes. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Dutch Boy was there in your most intimate moment. Yeah. As he should be. <laughs> Say yes, yes, please. Say yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm an eighth grade science teacher here in uh, Virginia. And I'm originally from Boston, but moved down here and I absolutely love it. And I've been here for about five years now. Yeah. Um, and I'm from Arlington, Virginia. So I'm 
actually about 15 minutes away from where I grew up. I'm an analyst, uh, government contractor, and that's pretty much all I can say. So. And he's got, uh, I'll step in here. Oh, yeah. He's a chemical engineering degree and a physics degree. So he's a little oh. shy, but he's a big I, science guy. It's a good, a good uh, team for a Jeff game. It I is imagine. like the perfect yeah. team, yeah. Uh, I would think so. And uh, Although I wrote more movie questions than you'd be expecting from no, me. No spoilers. But, well, I Yay. believe the, the bet for this game is if a triviality team loses, then we have to uh, marry them both and get ordained. But if we win, <laughs> they can get someone probably the most way, likely better. Yeah, way better. <laughs> way better most than Most likely better. <laughs> Very probably. Uh, you know. So you're going to be playing together, and you had a team name based on uh, a wonderful friend that we met right before the recording started. <laughs> yes, we have two very uh, loud, well, usually they're pretty quiet, but as soon as we start talking, they love to be loud parrots. Um, and we have one feisty one whose name is actually Pepe now, but we recently found out he's a boy. We thought he was a girl for the longest time, and his name was Penny. So uh, our, trivia, our, our trivia name has been Penny Pinchers for the longest time we decided just to run with it still penny can be a guy's name too hey yeah right yeah mm -hmm. so or any kind of parrot's name i don't think they really care too much no i don't think they're picky yeah no they're not big on he's their social media like, handles more of a, i think penny's more like a quiet like nice little bird he's very, so it doesn't um, befit the personality he's a brat. yeah right all right so he's we got the penny he's pictures a, he's, a he's a pepe he's, he's got a, a pepe. little he's a little feisty all right, we got the penny pinchers, and how about you guys, uh, Neil and Matt, going to team up against them? Uh, we're we're going along the lines of the money theme, and uh, we're going to honor the George Clooney, Julia Roberts, underseen classic. Apparently, I haven't seen it. Money Monsters. <laughs> Nobody's way seen it. Has anyone seen it? I don't know if anyone's seen it. We're going to be Money Monsters. Okay, sounds good. So it's uh, PP versus Eminem, and uh, let's get the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream! Jeff, you want to kick us off here? I do. Actually, uh, you guys don't know this. Totally unbeknownst to you. Before we get started, I actually have a few things I wanted to say. Um, uh oh, he's airing, the airing of grievances. <laughs> it's Festivus. This is his last episode. <laughs> it is not my last episode, but... Um, he's taking his shirt off. That's right. <laughs> I'm getting the poll. Uh, no, uh, you know, it, we don't really... You know, I know we've joke about neil was promoting his book recently and he was you know too humble to even promote it himself which is why we kept coming up with ridiculous names like uh you know neil has a book you should buy it now uh mm -hmm. which i understand is a favorite of uh christian and aaron but um we're gonna we're gonna pass five years here um in between the time we recorded this episode and when the episode comes out mm -hmm. and holy cow that's a toddler that is a toddler <laughs> a kindergartner mm -hmm. yeah uh 250 episodes Mm -hmm. a plus no breaks we only almost missed one week but not well, we a single didn't. not a single week we yeah no one will ever know which week we almost missed because <laughs> who's to say <laughs> uh we've also put out more than 100 bonus episodes that are mm -hmm. publicly available yep two video miniseries on youtube bloodsport 40 plus patreon exclusive bonus episodes mm -hmm. uh we have more than a thousand members in the crop Followers on Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. Is this the State of the Union? What it's not the State of the Union. Okay. No, I I just wanted of the podcast. I just wanted to say strong. thank you. Yeah, uh, we never talk about it. That's true. Um, we know that there's thousands of you that listen to and enjoy the show that we don't get the pleasure of interacting with, um, but we appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's given me a lot of perspective thinking back over the last five years. Um, we have over 450 patrons. And the show would not be possible without them. Mm -hmm. um, their direct financial support allows us to continue, and we've really upped the quality over the years. Um, just go back to listen to our first few episodes. Or don't. <laughs> Apologies to anybody who's been with us that long. Yeah, um, but I don't think people always start from the first episode. Thanks for, thanks for sticking with us. Um, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, I had to write the game this week. Uh, I know how tough that is. So uh, just a big thanks to everyone who's taken the time to be on the show, especially anyone who's taking the time to write a game. Um, so 
That's it. I don't know. It sounded I, like a resignation there. Yeah. For a it's, not, it's not a resignation. No, I'm just. <laughs> all uh, right. We will all miss Jeff. All right. <laughs> are you or are you not a crow? Wow. Thank you very much, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, it's been great. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think over the next five years, we can keep. Five more years. Five more years. <laughs> I mean, at the, at the current rate, I think we can. Um, uh, you know, I think it's possible that some of us might actually be able to transition to a full-time opportunity with the show if we keep growing. So just uh, a reminder, tell your friends and families. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the more listeners we have, the more ability we'll have to continue to improve the show and make some of yeah. our dreams a reality. Yep. And uh, if you're capable of supporting us on Patreon, uh, we're very honored. Um, obviously, if you don't have the means or don't want to support us, that's okay. Um, we're going to still be here. We'll still be producing episodes. We'll still release um, a free podcast every we don't, week. We don't, we don't need your money that bad, uh, mm-hmm. so don't feel bad. I know people who are, you know, they're like, oh, I want to give, but I can't. Don't don't ever feel guilty about that. Um, but if you can, support $1 us. One dollar a day. We Yeah, that would be great. Day. And buy Neil's book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and if you did buy the book, thank you very much. And if you do me the honor of leaving a review on Amazon or if you got it like at Barnes & Noble or Target or something, that'll help the, the visibility. So if you could just leave a review, even if you didn't like it, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Just leave one, at least so it'll you know get people to look at it. So That was it. I just want to say thank you. Five more years. I'm looking forward to it with uh, the three of you. Well, thank you. So. We appreciate that. And thank you for saying that because we don't we haven't had an ad in five years and that wasn't really an ad, it was more of a thank you, but it wasn't mm-hmm. an ad. Yeah. Can't but you can we've been sleeping in the same bed for five years. <laughs> I know, we're like Grandpa <laughs> Joe or you Uncle get Joe. Up, I mean we gotta get Grandpa up awfully Joe. early. It doesn't I'm telling make sense. You, they to the chocolate factory. From, uh, we are out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's get some questions. I, I think we can do that now. Now we're all teary eyed, so let's play trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to cry anymore. Um, (laughs) All right. We will kick it off with the only logical place to do so. Question one. If you didn't come to party, don't bother knocking on my door. The Cayman Islands are home to more businesses than people, as the country is well known as a corporate tax haven. Of the over 100,000 entities registered there, 19,000 are listed under just one address in Georgetown. The Ugland House. This building bears the following inscription. MC... MX, CIX. What does that mean in Roman numerals? Yeah, that's. The, I, I was thinking the same thing, but I, I don't know if that's correct, but at least this one is that one number. <laughs> Riveting. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are going to lock great in podcast with, content. with a guess, a informed guess. An informed guess? Ooh. We'll let Christian and more than you talk usually about guess. it. <laughs> yeah. All right, I, I, think we're, I think we're good. Over All right, here. what do you have? Um... Well, we were thinking about the hint of uh, party and uh, then some, you know, random string of, of numbers or letters dropped. And we're like, well, party like it's 1999, maybe. That's what we're sticking with. Uh, we are also partying like it's 1999. Yeah, those uh, that's actually lyrics from the song. If you didn't come to party, don't bother knocking on my door is directly from Prince's 1999. All right. Good start. Both, both on the board. First question. All right. And it's all downhill from there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> question two. Uh, some people are born to greatness, and others always might just be born under a bad moon. Which artist can proudly say that they have the privilege of being the artist with the highest number of number two Billboard hits without ever hitting number one? You guys can discuss. Penny Pinchers locked in. So they're locked in right away. You said uh, highest number of number twos without reaching number one? Correct. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking at a list of people that you'd be surprised didn't reach number one on the billboard. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Springsteen was one of them. Who sings that song? Isn't that Credence Clearwater who sings Bad Moon Rising or whatever? I don't know. Do you remember when one of our friends accidentally said CCR instead of CPR? <laughs> Oh, so I yeah. posited that you should, instead of staying alive, you should do the compressions to bone on a bayou. <laughs> I mean, that, that is a good guess. I just, I'm thinking of that lead singer and I can't think of his name. I, I, I know CCR also never hit number one. But they have so many hits. That's why I'm wondering if it's them. Well, um, let's, let's do that then. I'm, I'm okay with some CCR. Do you want to try CCR? Okay. I'm just thinking because of the bad moon. So, okay. All right. We'll lock in CCR. And Penny Pinchers, what'd you come up with? Um, so one of like the most commonly misquoted song lyrics is, uh, there's a bathroom on the right, but it's actually, there's a a bad moon on the rise. And I, we happen to know that was a CCR song. So that's what, uh, we locked in with the same. 
I, I can happily tell you that uh, Bad Moon was a clue. If that one didn't get you, I also said Proudly for Proud Mary. Uh, it is CCR. Sweet. If you got a lot of number twos, though, you might want a bathroom on the road. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the name of the main guy that I can't think of? John Fogarty. Oh, Fogarty. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking of. His brother was also in the band, Tom Fogarty, I believe. Okay. Not Chad Fogarty. Not Chad Fogarty. <laughs> he was in Nickelback. <laughs> Not even in Nickelback. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> is that a Penny Pinchers uh, pun there? I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. Cooperpedy is a town in northern South Australia which is notable for a few things. The town is sometimes referred to as the opal capital of the world because of the quantity of precious opals that are mined there. But that's not what this question is about. Its scorching daytime heat has caused re residents to live like some desert-dwelling animals. What is the other thing that Cooper Petey is renowned for? I mean, it sounds like it's in Australia, so we're looking for some sort of wild animal <laughs> that's, like it, yeah. <laughs> that's okay in the desert and high heat. Correct, because it's not about opals. I, I made that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about uh, tunnels? It's got a lot of t underground underground tunnels. Yeah, it could have a lot of underground tunnels. That's what, uh, you know, moles, yeah. snakes, they got tunnels, right? When it's hot. I think I think they do. Um, well, we can lock in with one of those then. One of those simple... Whole bunch of tunnels. Whole bunch of tunnels. Uh, all right, we're going to lock in over here. We were thinking it's houses underground because we were trying to think of what desert animals might do and i think i remember seeing a netflix show where they were having like airbnb con like uh, airbnb competition and there was a couple who had a house underground in australia so we're going underground houses on this one and you guys locked in with tunnels tunnels everywhere yeah tunnels all right, Ken, you're going to have to uh, decide if uh, that's good enough for credit, but uh, I have that it's the uh, town with the highest percentage of wholly underground homes. I think tunnels. I think I was nowhere near tunnels, so based on my distance from saying tunnels, I think they should get points. Okay, I'll let you decide that. I think they were in the right uh, right ballpark there. Yeah, yes. living underground mostly. That, yeah. that was the gist of it. Like holes. Or yeah. Dennis Leary and Russian <laughs> <laughs> Man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Points for everyone. Points all around. This has been a really good start for everyone. Yeah, we like it. I know, it. three for three. Keep it going. All right, Maybe question. I just wanted to continue the trend. Question four. Uh, from French, and meaning jumped or bounced, in reference to tossing while cooking, what is the method of cooking that uses a relatively small amount of oil or fat in a shallow pan over relatively high heat? We're locked in over here. Penny pincher's locked in. Um, Would this be seared? Could be, yeah. I, it, does it have to do with the, the exclamation of... Throwing stuff up, did you say, or no? It's French for jump or bounce. I'm just trying to... Sauté. Sauté. That could be it. I mean, that's just that sounds a, French. That's a low amount of oil where you just let it simmer. Yeah. I'm going to go with sauté. Okay. We are going to lock in with sauté. Uh, yeah, we, we locked in with sauté. Um, so Erin is, like, really experienced in, like, the, the food and wine categories, so that's kind of her her domain and I I took like six years of Spanish and I remember saltar meant to jump in Spanish. Mm. So and I, I eat every a couple day. little angles there. <laughs> well everyone's correct. It is saute. Wow. Wow. Has this ever happened before? I saute everything. Yeah. I don't <laughs> use my oven. I'm I'm impatient. I'm an impatient cook. So I saute everything. Yeah. Ten Every, minutes. Everything? Everything. Everything. I think 10, <laughs> 10 minutes on medium heat is five minutes on a high heat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know if that quite no, works. That's how it works. Okay. Good to know. You're in food service, so I trust you. You have a safety certification. That's the reality class. cooking show. <laughs> Everything's half raw. Remember, yeah, remember to cut corners. <laughs> with <laughs> yeah. You know, 160 uh, for chicken is basically 165, so just mm. pull that thing off. <laughs> no. <laughs> This is not advice. <laughs> oh, I never trust anything we say on this show. All right, question five. At 32 years, 28 days, Damien Chazelle is the youngest Academy Award winner for Best Director for his work on the 2016 film La La Land. By comparison, which director whose nomination at 24 years, 44 days, has him as the current record holder for youngest nominee? His debut film put not only himself, but an up-and-coming Cuba Gooding Jr. on the map. So this this has to Cuba Gooding Jr. came out around the scene of what like ninety four ninety five. Oh, I know who it is. We're, we can lock in. Oh, okay. 
Sorry, I, I'm glad that I jogged your memory. You did. You that. actually did when you were like when you said that. It, it the got year. Me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're we're gonna lock in over here. All right, Penny Pinchers, feel free to talk it out. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, we kind of are on the Jerry Maguire director path, but we don't. We have no know idea who directed <laughs> Jerry Maguire. We're trying to do some math, I guess. I don't know. Like, I have no clue how old David Fincher is, but I like him. Yeah, we're not. I don't think we're gonna right, get we're this gonna one. Get this one. So. I would love to see the Fincher version of Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, that would be really interesting. Um, all right. And uh, so they're locking in with uh, Jerry Maguire. No, uh, I know David Fincher. And uh, Neil, you think you came up with it? Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, at first I was thinking along the lines uh, of Aaron and Christian. They were thinking of Cameron Crowe, um, who wouldn't have been uh, that young uh, for Jerry Maguire. But uh, I remember uh, a great director uh, who got nominated when he was young in 1991, I think. And it was John Singletary for Boys in the Hood. Um, I believe Boys in the Hood was directed by John Singleton. What did I say? Singletary? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of the football player. Yeah, John Singleton. You're correct. Yes. <laughs> no, points. No, no points. No points. That was my no bad. Points. Yeah. Although I would like to see the David Fincher version <laughs> of Boys in the Hood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or directed by Mike Singletary. I want to see every movie as directed by David. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, John Singleton uh, is no longer with us. So, mm -hmm. yep. if you're thinking of a director who is about 50 now, that wouldn't, uh, you know, that would not be helpful. That would not be helpful. See, the muscle relaxer did come into play, Matt. I yeah. knew it was going to. <laughs> <laughs> thinking of Mike Singletary. All right, Ken. What's our scores after five? Uh, looks like it's 40 to 40. So uh, equal money going around. That's Everybody's a that's a score that's of unheard of in a Jeff game. <laughs> All uh, right. Question six. Hans Wilsdorf was a businessman who established the Hans Wilsdorf Foundation in 1945. Upon his death in 1960, he gave 100% ownership stake in which luxury business to the foundation. As a result, the Hans Wilsdorf Foundation is likely the least famous parent company of any brand to date. Being a part of the foundation, the company donates much of its income to charity and social causes. There's no requirement to disclose financial or charitable donations under local law, so the company is a master of paying no corporate taxes as a result of being owned by the foundation. We can lock in over here. Oh. Really? I know this one from uh, people who evade taxes. I have a little list. That I keep. <laughs> <laughs> is it me? Because I paid those taxes. <laughs> I crossed Matt off the list like Steve Buscemi and uh, Billy Madison. <laughs> We were thinking um, of Disney just because I know they recently got their tax exemption revoked by the governor of Florida, and that's what we're going to go with. We have no other no other inklings. And uh, Neil, you think you're you're onto this one? I think so. Hopefully, making up for my singleton singletary uh, gaffe there. But I believe um, doing research on this this person foundation. I think it's Rolex. Um, so you are correct. Uh, I said that the company is the master of paying no corporate taxes. The GMT master is one of their most famous uh, watch styles. It is Rolex. I know because I have several. <laughs> That's where all the pictures. There, there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of hints I could drop in. There. Are they Rolex or Nolex? Oh, well, if you, look, legs, yeah. if you look at my wrists, you can see that they're Nolex. <laughs> but uh, well done. That's uh, that's good pull, Neil. All right. Uh, question seven. This one was recently inspired by a Patreon bonus. Um, there is a biological phenomenon seen in animals whereby males exhibit renewed sexual interest whenever a new female is introduced, even after sex with prior but still available sexual partners. To a lesser extent, this effect is also seen among females with regard to their mates. This phenomenon is oddly named after which rather reclusive U.S. president, Behavioral endocrinologist Frank A. Beach claimed in a 1974 letter to have introduced the term, attributing the neologism to an old joke about the man from when he was president. Now, Jeff, I told you this stuff in confidence. <laughs> and I wish you wouldn't drag it out on the podcast. Uh... So, uh, yeah, if you are not on Patreon and you want to hear weird animal sex stuff, check us out. Patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast. That was a great bonus episode. All right, they're locked in at the penny pinchers. What do you guys have? All right, so they're locked in. Um, so this is what we have. So I wrote down sex letters president, the guy who named his penis. I can't remember who that was. <laughs> Probably all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and little, then little Jimmy. I'm sure. You said I'm sure. Bachelor president. With, yeah. Was that Harding? 
Harding or Fillmore? Fillmore? That was a present. I think it was Harding. Harding. It would be great if it, if was, it was called full. the Harding effect. So the Harding so effect. Okay, so um, probably not. So probably not that one. Jeff showed his hand there. Yeah, they're insulting. Did I, though? Maybe not. Um, <laughs> who's the guy on Parks and Rec that Leslie, they have that big ball that they push that she goes to the conference? That guy, they have a joke about him. Is it is it the t- Tip Canoe and Tyler, too? Tyler, right? We could say Tyler. Because I remember they make a lot of jokes about Tyler. Okay. But And I know Jeff loves he Parks and Rec. He seemed like he'd be a freak. Yeah. <laughs> I believe John Tyler did have more than 10 kids. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, so then he wasn't a, a recluse. That's not very recluse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys are saying Tyler. Yeah. Uh, Tyler or um, Harding? Let's go Tyler. Tyler. Okay. We went with Calvin Coolidge because we know he was the silent president, right? Yeah, well known uh, for being uh, the silent type, but actually he was one of the first presidents to really um, embrace uh, media. It was Calvin Coolidge. This is the Coolidge effect. That's what I was actually thinking. I, I was trying I was to think of him, this. too. I couldn't think of his name, though. So uh, this apparently comes from a story where uh, President and Mrs. Coolidge were being shown around an experimental government farm. Mrs. Coolidge noted that uh, one of the roosters was mating very frequently, and uh, she asked the attendant how hint, often hint, Calvin. How often that happened, and she said dozens of times a day, uh, to which she responded, tell that to the president when he comes by. <laughs> Sick burn, Miss Coolidge. Uh, he came by, and upon being told, he said, is it the same hen every time? And the reply was, no, Mr. President. And he said, well, tell that to Mrs. Coolidge. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll take things so that never healthy. happened for 500. Mrs. Coolidge would have been a lot more happy if he wasn't so silent. I know. Her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Question eight. Uh, I had to write two sports questions for Matt to make him happy. This is one of them. Um, playing from 1969 to 1989 for the Lakers and Bucks, which incredible point scorer's feat is made even more impressive by the fact that he only had one successful three-point shot in his 20-year career? Uh, we're we're locked in. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a uh, now famous writer, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, right? Yeah, famous uh, pilot. Right? Famous pilot as well, who drags uh, Bill Lambeer up and down the court, right? Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Is he big on uh, layups? There was no three-pointer for the first 10 years of his mm. career. So that, that helps keep those numbers down a little bit. It does, right? but he also uh, missed like 40 of the ones he attempted. Yeah. And it is... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, no, we, we locked in with the same um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, formerly known as Lou Alcindor. Lou Alcindor. Uh, yeah. You but... are, both teams are correct. It is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The feat made, of course, uh, slightly less impressive by the fact that there was no three-point line for the first half of his career, but he totally missed the, uh, the other ones. So, all right, question number nine. Peter Svensson and Magnus Svenningsen, both heavy metal musicians, formed a band on October 31st, 1992, and I'm sure I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, Jonoping, Sweden. Perfect sweater weather. Lead singer Nina Pearson lent her voice to the group and was responsible for singing the band's only one-hit wonder, which left many fans head over heels. Personally, I don't care for any of their other songs, but which band am I referring to? We have an idea just based on some of the clues Jeff gave, so we're going to lock in with a band that, uh, that I've seen before and hope that it's right. Then hearing head over heels, I think uh, like tears for fears. I'm like, no, that's like that's not right. I I I don't think we have anything to contribute on this one. I think yeah, we're probably gonna just have to tap on this one. We don't. Unfortunately, the penny pinchers aren't coming up with it. What did you guys say? So, re re listening to the question, they're metal musicians, but that doesn't mean that the band was yeah right. metal. And then you're looking for a Swedish, probably pop. I mean, Ace of Base is not probably a bad guess. But no, it's not, yeah. But what did we end up... We, uh, we said a, a metal band that you like, which is... Yeah, I said Halloween, but I believe they're German. And uh, unfortunately, neither team getting it. Uh, the correct answer is the Cardigans. The Cardigans. Sweater weather. Oh, I love that song. Oh. And uh, yeah, two heavy metal musicians, both with a jazz theory background, um, started a metal band, kind of got bored of it, and then released that song. I've never so. heard of the Cardigans. You ha- you've heard this. Love Fool, Romeo plus Juliet. Oh, I see. Okay. All right, question 10. And last question in the first round. It wouldn't be a Jeff game if there wasn't a little bit of a wah-wah question. So this is the one. Don't do this. <laughs> uh, Dr. Thomas Midgley Jr. was an American mechanical and chemical engineer. He played a major role in developing two technologies which led to the new scientist calling him a one-man environmental disaster. 
It's been said that no one organism has had more of an impact, probably negative, on the environment than Dr. Midgley. Which developments, one related to gasoline and the other refrigeration, was Dr. Midgley responsible for? We can lock it over here. No idea. Yeah, I, I mean, just sticking with the theme here, we're locking in with two FR words, fracking and freon. So that's okay. uh, what we're locking in with. All right, Penny Pinchers have that. What do you guys think? We had the same thought. We had the same thought. Matt wrote down freon right away and took us a little while, but we just said maybe it's fracking. Uh, you are 100% correct on Freon. Uh, chlorofluorocarbons uh, are part of the reason that there is a giant hole in the ozone layer. But unfortunately, no points are going to be awarded because his other main development was adding lead to gasoline. Mm. See, I knew oh. the gasoline one, but I didn't know the other one. So yep. benefits to have me on your team, I guess. Mm-hmm. Suckers. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The uh, very spurned Ken. What are the scores looking like? All right, looks like it's still tied 60 to 60 at the end of the first round. Not bad. Yeah, good job, guys. All right, and for today's swing round, uh, I, I would like to bring something back that we did not too long ago. Uh, big credit to uh, Jay Borsum. I really loved her swing round uh, a little while ago when she was on. Uh, it was ABC. So every single question is going to be just a, an amalgamation of some letters, all 10 uh, will total the 26 letters of the English alphabet. Oh, yes. You yes, bothered to do this? I, I did bother to do this. I really liked it. And uh, they say that, uh, you know, good artists borrow and great artists steal. I would like to be a great artist. So I stole this idea. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so every answer will have letters that collectively. Yeah, this is a good that is correct. Okay. Every right. answer will have letters. Yes. <laughs> Except the ones that don't. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, your first clue for number one, only medical profession where completing one degree automatically secures an additional doctorate. Number two, airport abbreviation for the 17th largest airport in the world with approximately 55 million travelers passing through each year. Originally going to be named Idlewild. Question three, nickname for a short-lived TV character who was a pilot and married to wife Zoe. Question four, British TV show running since 2003. Premise is to be more entertaining than right. Question five. The abbreviation for the state of Vermont. This is the postal abbreviation. Number six. The 12th letter of the Greek alphabet. Its capital is stylized in English as a capital M. Question seven. In toxicology, indi indication of how deadly a substance is. Number eight. The abbreviation for cerium on the periodic table. Number nine, abbreviation for experience points in video games. Finally, one I know. <laughs> and question number 10, periodic table abbreviation for zirconium. All right, there are the swing round questions, and we'll be right back. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. 
quickly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then from beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. And we are back with the answers to the swing round. Jeff? Yeah, it looks like everybody uh, is in. Um, don't quite know how it went. Uh, I get the impression in the studio they may have a little trouble, but uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, question one. Was the only medical profession where completing one degree automatically secured an additional MD? Uh, we were pretty lost on a lot of these, but we ended up with DO for this one. Ooh, we could use a do-over. Do. <laughs> we could use a do-over. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we don't like the alphabet. That's uh, our new mantra here. But uh, we just said PhD. We had no idea. All right, no points, unfortunately. Uh, this is uh, pretty common probably for half or so of our audience. This would be OBGYNs. Oh, they are secured both uh, a degree in obstetrics and in gynecology. Oh, Makes no. sense. <laughs> Oh, and you managed to get rid of a bunch of difficult nice. letters. Yeah, that I did. Good job, Jeff. <laughs> For some reason, we we were just like, I think all of them are two or three letters at most, yeah. which really screwed us. We had us. a bunch of letters left yes. at the end. <laughs> all right. Uh, question number two. Uh, the airport abbreviation for the 17th largest airport in the world, with approximately 55 million travelers passing through each year, originally going to be called Idlewild. We said JFK. Mm. Um, we knew of the, the outcast movie called Idlewild with uh, Big Boy and Andre 3000, and we just thought maybe it's New Orleans where I think the movie takes place. So we said, what, NOL? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something wrong because the O is already gone. Yeah. The, uh, the correct answer is JFK. Uh, it was supposed to be opened in the early 60s, uh, right before JFK was assassinated, and the airport was renamed to JFK in his honor. Question number three. Nickname for a short-lived TV character who was a pilot, and he was married to his wife, Zoe. Penny Pinchers, did you come up uh, with this one? <laughs> no, we just uh, formed a nickname based on the letters we had left, and now we're realizing that they were wrong. Uh, we said Swag. Swag. Oh, that's a cool name. Almost the right letters, I think. You've got some of the right letters. Oh, I just got it. But Go ahead. Um, we thought that this might have been from the short-lived uh, Firefly show, um, and we didn't know the pilot's name so we said dag uh you were correct it is uh from firefly this character is named wash mm. wash it was alan tudyk oh. right alan tudyk's yeah. character oh. yep you got that far not terrible yeah yeah so no some of those letters were in the swag so you could feel better hopefully about some of the future that as a, a half win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, question number four. Uh, this is about the British TV show running since 2003, where its premise is to be more entertaining than right. We thought this might have been some sort of trivia game, so we said IQ. Oof. And uh, Neil? Yeah, it's the only one we knew with 100% certainty. It's uh, just the opposite of that, so we said QI. Unfortunately, oh! it is quite interesting. Uh, QI. Oh, poop. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to throw an easy one in there. Abbreviation for the state of Vermont. You can't say that because if we're wrong, then we'll feel worse. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you know, what's easy to me is, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, Penny Pinchers. Thank you for an easy one. We got VT on this one. <laughs> uh, we also said VT. VT is correct. Hey. So you don't have to feel bad, Matt. Points all around. I choose to feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's your own problem. All right, uh, question number six. This is the 12th letter of the Greek alphabet. Its capital is stylized like an English capital M. So uh, we locked in with mu or mu? We, and Matt? we said the same. And it is uh, mu. You are correct. M-U. Number seven. Uh, in toxicology, indicates how deadly a substance is. <laughs> uh, well, this question was pretty deadly for us. Uh, we used all of the letters that we had left. We came up with B-Y-L-N. Biome. Uh, we had no idea. Uh, we were trying to use the letters we had left over, so we said KHC. Yep. Um, I, I didn't want to be so generous as to say it was also in a title of a Mudvayne album, or uh, this is the lethal dose of something, LD. 
All right. Number eight was the periodic table abbreviation for the element cerium. Well, we said C-E. We put S-E. Uh, C-E is correct. Cerium is spelled C-E-R-I-U-M. That would have been yeah. good to know. Get, get our lethal dose ready. <laughs> All right. Number nine was uh, the abbreviation for experience points, commonly seen in video games. Oh, uh, yeah. We locked in with XP. We also locked in with XP. XP was the abbreviation you should have been left with. EXP uh, wouldn't work because of cerium. So. And the last question in the round is just the periodic table abbreviation for zirconium. Right, this is where all my eighth grade science comes in handy. Uh, we said ZR for this one. We, we took a guess and said ZR as well. ZR is correct. Both teams getting points on that one. All right, you might have wanted to take a lethal dose, but uh, looks like you guys did all right. You guys got uh, half of these right for 85 total points at Money Monsters. And Penny Pinchers in the lead with 90 points. You got six right in that round. Oh, they're called Money Monsters? I called them Money Grubbers earlier. <laughs> Sorry. We can be both. A small yeah, we, redaction. We could be everything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, not bad. Uh, you know, I, I, that's about the performance I expected on that swing round. So we'll start it off with uh, the first question in round two. Showing Bethesda's dedication to making characters sound distinct from everyone else, they cast which real-life knight and leader across famous film and TV series as the Emperor of Tamriel in the Elder Scrolls Oblivion video game? I'm good with your answer, Matt, if you want to lock in with that. All right, we... You're locked in over here, too. Okay. Oh, double lock-in. So what do you guys have at the Money Monsters? So we, we clued in on leader, mm -hmm. I think, uh, meaning uh, possibly captain of, a, of the Enterprise, maybe. Yeah, and that would be in movie and TV, I believe, with, uh, with Patrick Stewart. Well, we, we honed in on leader, too, but we were thinking of the leader as in a king or Gandhi, so we said Ben Kingsley. Mm, not, not a bad guess. Uh, funny, uh, the, the film series I was talking about was actually X-Men, as uh, he is the leader of the X-Men. Uh, yeah, it's per Sir Patrick Stewart. Sweet. Oh. Question number two. Uh, this question I wrote for Ken, but sadly he's not playing. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll still enjoy it from here. Nicknamed, the nicknamed Panda. Which Swedish NHL goaltender previously played in the NHL for the Ottawa Senators, Buffalo Sabres, New York Islanders, and Chicago Blackhawks before he flew the coop to his current team. All right, we're going to lock in over here. So feel free to talk it out, guys. Um, so hockey is definitely like a, a complete blind spot for us. I, I feel bad because like the capitals are pretty big here, but I just never got into them. Um, um, so we're going to lock in with like kind of a, a Swedish sounding name that I associate with hockey and Lindstrom. Okay. Lindstrom is the guess. There's a hockey player's name Lindstrom, so it's not a bad guess. Uh, I honestly could not remember this for the life of me. Uh, based on the teams, Blackhawks flew the coop, maybe went to the Ducks. I know Niemi ended up there after playing for the Blackhawks, so he said Niemi. Yeah, I didn't mean to mislead you. Uh, he actually flew the coop uh, to the Las Vegas Golden Knights, as Matt had uh, alluded to earlier in discussion. This would be Robin Lehner. Yes. Mm -hmm. Never heard of that person. Oh, Robin. Oh. oh. Yeah. Boy, wonder. <laughs> yeah, I knew who it was, but I couldn't. I was yeah. never remembering his name. All right. On uh, to question three. Long before digital shorts were a mainstay of modern SNL, they often ran fake ads as their skits. Who could forget undecided voters? Peyton Manning for the United Way? Mom jeans? And dissing your dog? But before all that, there was a little drink, which went by what name, which was highly evocative of the type of water that they dredged up from the bottom of Lake Erie. I And, and like, I've seen, I, I, you know, I watched a ton of SNL reruns when they were on Comedy Central all the time. So I probably saw this at some point, but I mean, I can't think of anything that's even, that would be funny, like a well water type joke or something like that. So I don't really have anything. All right. We're just going to lock in with a guest so they can talk we were kind of in the same boat I, all those ads you were talking about i've seen them all but <laughs> definitely don't remember this one sure, sure we're gonna say mud water mud water an actual product 
Yeah, we, we, oh, yeah. we wrote down... Uh, those, and those are not fake ads, and I keep thinking they are when he's stirring up that mud. It's like, why do Is I drink really mud, water? mud water? Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a real wow, a real product, yeah. Uh, Cleans so out his bowels. We wrote down <laughs> mud water, um, but we knew it was a real product, and we just said for fun, we said maybe it's Cleveland Spring... Oh, uh, no. Unfortunately, this is a little drink called Swill. Oh, I kind of remember. <laughs> Not really, though. Swill. Swill. If anyone knows what Jeff's talking about, comment on the on the page or send us an email. <laughs> Post the link. Who was in this? What what cast? I think it was Phil Hartman. Um, oh, so that's an, okay. That's a definitely an older one. Then. Okay. Older yeah. one. Okay. I thought you were going to go with um, before like Andy Samberg and Lonely Island and stuff like Albert Brooks mm-hmm. used to do short films. The TV Funhouse. But that stuff. was like in the 70s. Yeah. Right. And Robert Smigel and whatnot. Yep. All right, question four. Made of the following ingredients, which classic drink is the official drink of New Orleans? While the drink may not have originated there, it definitely has ties that go back to at least the 1850s. No word if a drunk Tom Cruise has ever been called this. The ingredients are uh, cognac, absinthe, a sugar cube, and two dashes of Pechaud's bitters. I don't know. I've never been to New Orleans. Um, yeah, I mean, I know they have like the hurricane drink, and they have like the um, it's a lot of like mixed drinks, but this doesn't seem like one that's like frozen or anything. Is that big baby drink? Oh, um, Sazerac maybe. They have a hotel Sazerac where you get a famous Sazerac okay, in New Orleans. Do but... that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm having. I've made these drinks before. Oh my god! I made them because you use the absinthe to rinse the glass and you dump it out. I've made them, and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. Uh, I'm just gonna um, say, walk in with some. I like zombie. Let's say zombie. It's not. Walking in with zombie and uh, over here at the Grubbers. That's a cool drink name. Uh, I know. The Grubbers. I know the from Money Monsters. The Money Monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know from being in New Orleans. There's a, a hotel there um, that you get a famous drink. I don't know if it's the hotel's signature drink or the city's, but we locked in with Sazerac. Neil, oh, what uh, what Tom Cruise movie is coming out this year? Maverick. Yeah, and if he was drunk, could be a Maverick. Sazerac. No, that is, <laughs> that is a stretch. stretch. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, but I man. like the question, though. I'm glad that we Should tried one. fired immediately. When Colleen that. and I went there for two days, we tried one uh, at the bar. I remember that. Okay. Was it good? Uh, for me, it was. I it made, it made a very big face because it was very strong. Yeah. But Colleen liked it a lot. Okay. Good to know. That's a good review. That means everyone else will probably like it, not me. <laughs> One out of five. I made a face. <laughs> All right. Question five in the second round. Which actress won her first Oscar starring in a role for which she failed to win a Tony on Broadway? If it's any consolation, she did take home her first four of ten Grammys for the role. That was my guess. Yeah. Okay. We're locked in. All right, confidence in the studio. Uh... I guess, yeah, I guess we'll lock in with uh, Streisand. Okay. Okay. Barbara. I believe it's her birthday today at the time of recording, uh, her 80th birthday. We we knew that um, Jennifer Hudson uh, played Effie in Dreamgirls, which was a Tony Award-winning musical, uh, which she didn't uh, play on Broadway, uh, I don't believe, but um, she won a lot of Grammys, I'm sure. Um, So we said Jennifer Hudson. And uh, the correct answer here is... Barbara Streisand. Oh, so for Funny Girl? For Funny Girl. Mm. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right, Ken, what do the scores look like after five? All right, after five questions, it looks like uh, Penny Pinchers are at an even 100, picking up one question in that uh, first half. Money Monsters, 105 with two correct answers. On to question six. Characters from Ready Player One, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and the title character from a 2001 book series, which became a 2020 film, all share which name with the ancient Greek goddess of the hunt, wilderness, wild animals, the moon, and chastity? We can lock in. <laughs> Great character. Yeah, we, we can lock in, too. And uh, what did you say? Oh, yeah, we, we love It's Always Sunny. So uh, we locked in with Artemis. And uh, money? We also said Artemis. Artemis is the correct answer. On to question seven. Uh, I had to ask another sports question, but I don't know how to ask sports questions. So of the 15 NFL teams, which have an animal as their team name, which animal is the heaviest by average individual weight? 
I will tell you, humans such as Vikings, Patriots, and 49ers are not counted among these Ooh. calculations. <laughs> this animal is more closely associated with the American West than the East where the team is located. What about giants? Giants are not <laughs> animals, Ken. Yeah, the jet. Uh, the jet is the heaviest animal. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would I would say that probably, yeah. All the cowboys and you weighed them okay. together. This one, they're associated with the West and they're in the East. So Okay. We're gonna lock in. It's not like it doesn't really jump out at me as like I no, guess. it's got to be that. Yeah, it's got to yeah, be. That. I guess it's the name. Yeah. I think I think we're both thinking and talking about the same exact uh, animal. Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. They had, a, they had a club in the Flintstones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, I was thinking uh, Hannibal Lecter. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, we're so we're locked in. Um, What'd you say? Well, we thought uh, an animal that was big in the West but uh, existed with a team on the East would have to be like sort of the bison or the bills. So we said the buffalo bills. All right. And uh, I'll hand it over to Penny Pinchers. What would you say? You said the same thing? Yeah, uh, that is correct. The American bison or buffalo is the heaviest of all of the animals, and I looked them all up. Now, how is the, how is the team name Bill Bills associated with the word bison? I'm curious about that myself, actually. I don't know. How explain that yourself. Buffalo. Yeah, explain okay. yourself. Or the American bison. I'm going to look that up. And actually, I'm curious, was was bear up there? With... Yeah, bears only weigh a few hundred pounds. Bison can weigh as much as 2,000 pounds. Also, the American bison oh. is not a buffalo whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the Bill's name uh, is derived from an All-America Football Conference franchise from Buffalo that was in turn named after Western Frontiersman Buffalo Bill. Oh, so that is yeah, but uh, what I was looking for was the American bison. I even had to figure out what like a bronco, what kind of a horse a bronco might be. It was it's a why Ford, this takes a Ford for... bronco would weigh way more. <laughs> True. All right, Jeff, put the lotion in the basket and read question eight. You got it. Did you draft me? <laughs> Since lines of longitude converge at the North and South Pole, it's almost impossible and very impractical to determine which time zone you are based in. Therefore, researchers in the Arctic and Antarctic regions of the Earth usually use this time zone associated with their research stations. For example, since nearly all flights to Antarctica and the South Pole originate from the third southernmost country by its southern point, what is the most commonly used time zone in Antarctica? We're going to lock in with an answer. I like the confidence. (laughs) One of the two of them. We're kind of 50-50 over here. Um, We'll go Argentina. All right. And they're locking in with Argentina. What would you guys say? Um, We were also in South America, but I think the southernmost tip of South America is in Peru. I think that's it goes along the outside there. I don't know. But we said Peru. Uh, You were right to think that that goes pretty far south. Chile would be number one. Argentina would be number two. And the time zone most commonly used is actually New Zealand, Mm. where a lot of the flights and uh, boat travel originates from. Wow. Well, we wrote Chile and Peru down, so I feel good that we named a couple of the top. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our Kiwi yeah. listeners. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> we said New Zealand, but thought it was further too, south too than south. it was. <laughs> no, South America is very south, Yeah, as it turns out. Question number nine. Home to arguably the most famous race on the F1 calendar, which country has the highest population density? Classic triviality question. This is a classic Jeff question. I think that's a that's a country that Jeff likes. He loves this country. geography, mm-hmm. racing. This is my question because yeah. there is a big race there, right? Yeah, and that's an answer to either most or least popular. Yeah, right. Right. So, I think actually I think I'm thinking of San Marino. So we can we can lock in with this one. Yeah, we're we're similarly locked in. How would you say, Penny Pinchers? Uh, we went with Monaco. Okay. Yeah, we know that uh, Jeff has a Grace Kelly fetish. Uh, we said Monaco. I do not have a Grace Kelly fetish. This question was written because uh, the other day on Worldle, uh, the country that popped up was very recognizable because if you can see a harbor in its outline, it's got to be Monaco. So I mm-hmm. said Monaco. Well, who doesn't have a Grace Kelly fetish? Let's be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I-, I do not. Question 10. <laughs> it's very adamant. <laughs> 
Uh, question number 10. What unit uh, used for measuring cloth is equivalent to 40 yards? You're likely better associating this name with a famous eight-time Olympic gold athlete or less likely a 2008 animated crime-fighting dog. A gold athlete? I didn't know they made them. Eight-time Olympic gold medal-winning athlete. <laughs> okay. Was it this one? Yes. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I remember and, seeing this with our students. Okay. Yeah, right. The running guy. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Okay, we are locked in over yes. here. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how we got to that stupid answer. Cross the finish line somehow. Penny Pinchers, what did you uh, come up with? Are you locked in? Yes, we are. We went with Bolt. And you, uh, you gentlemen, seem very enthusiastic about your answer. They seemed it's so easy over there. I know. Them. But uh, <laughs> luckily you said the dumb crime fighting movie because I think uh, when I was teaching, I think the, we showed the kids the Miley Cyrus movie, which I think is Bolt with John Travolta. Uh, so we said Bolt as well. I think of it more as a John Travolta movie with Miley Cyrus, but uh, Bolt is the <laughs> correct answer either way. Yeah, I didn't want to give it uh, too much away trying to figure out what his uh, his 40-yard time would be. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Bolt is the correct answer either way. John Travolta's 40 time? Oh, uh, Usain Bolt's. Oh, okay. Can uh, he, can he complete bolt, a 40 His bolt, bolt time, <laughs> if you will. All right, that concludes the second round. It looks like Money Monsters in a slight lead with 145 and the Penny Pinchers right behind at 140. All right, that, uh, that'll that take us to uh, our uh, our final round, Neil. Yeah, I believe so. Anything you want to uh, plug before our final round? We, we already had, did it. We had 20 minutes of plug earlier. Oh, yeah, That's we plugged it. Did that. Don't worry, folks, no more plug. <laughs> no more plug. Give us those final categories now. You got it. And uh, your final five categories in order are white... Blue, black, red, green. I feel like you've done this before. I have not. Five flag questions. It is not five flag questions. For those who already figured out that particular order, those are the five principal colors in Magic the Gathering. So I know we've done this before. The wagers are now in, so let's get the questions. All right. Thanks, Ken. Uh, your first question in the category of white. It's been said that good guys... Don't wear white. The only man to defeat Martin Scorsese in Best Director nominations is which director who earned 12 nominations throughout his brilliant career? He's tied with Frank Capra as the second winningest director in Oscars history with three wins. Question in the category of blue. The colors red, white, and or blue appear on all of the flags but two of the sovereign nations. Name either nation. Question uh, in the category of black. Black Panther is the highest grossing film of all time with a color in the title. Not counting James Cameron's Avatar or Titanic, which film is the highest grossing if you consider that it's not a part of a film franchise? I am not including spiritual remakes. Question in red. A red dwarf is the smallest and coolest kind of star on the main sequence. Red dwarfs are by far the most common type of star in the Milky Way, at least in the neighborhood of the sun. But because of their low luminosity, individual red dwarfs are not easily observed. What is a brown dwarf? Green. Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Mauritius, Indonesia, and the Maldives all have which common currency? This currency also makes an appearance across all 19 original titles of a very successful video game franchise. Those are the questions, and we'll be right back to see how it all shakes out. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, And of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more, We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. 
Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Let's go. Bring it home, Jeff. <laughs> All which right. is what Matt just said. <laughs> All right. So uh, back to the final round. Categories again were uh, themed around Match the Gathering. So in the category of white, I want to know which director has had the most nominations with 12. Uh, he's tied with Frank Capra as the second winningest director in Oscars history with three. All right. Uh, 25 points on the line for Penny Pitchers. What'd you have? Oh, we thought there had been a uh, curious lack of Spielberg. So we went with Spielberg. 30 points on the line for Money Monsters. That's a good guess. I believe Spielberg was nominated seven times. Um, this this is a guy that he likes a lot, though, which is why I know this one also because of the 12. But I believe it's William Wyler. Director of Ben-Hur, The Best Years of Our Lives, and Miss Maniver. All three were those winners. That was William Wyler. I love Miss Maniver. Are you a big fan of it? I have never, never seen it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Best Years of Our Lives is very good. Yeah. So uh, that'll be points going to uh, the monies, since I don't like team names. Uh, category of blue, uh, I just wanted to know uh, one of the two flags of sovereign nations that lack the colors red, white, and or blue. Uh, we wagered 30, and we're pretty sure that this is Jamaica or Ghana. But Jamaica is our answer, I guess. <laughs> okay. And over to the penny pinchers. How much that did you wager? That makes feel good because yeah. we also said Jamaica. Jamaica is one of the two acceptable answers, only having green, yellow, and black in its flag. The other one I didn't think anyone would get, Sri Lanka. Ooh, which you mentioned in question five. Was that a little inspiration? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> all right third question was in the category of black black panther is the highest grossing film of all time with a color in the title that's where i started this question but i ended wanting to know after james cameron's avatar and titanic which film is the highest grossing film which is not part of a film franchise i was not counting spiritual remakes so we wagered 30 uh this one was really tough because uh, we had named a ton of movies. We know, like, in the top 10, it's basically all Disney. It's, you know, the um, Infinity War, Endgame, Spider-Man, No Way Home, uh, a lot of franchise, Star Wars. Um, but we knew that the remakes or the spiritual successor of the Beauty and the Beast and the Lion King made a ton of money. And we were just going back and forth, back and forth between those two. Uh, Matt pointed to Beauty and the Beast, and we locked in with Beauty and the Beast. So we went with, uh, having gotten that backwards, we went with Inside Out, not knowing. Not a bad guess. Uh, as Neil alluded to, the top 10 is Avatar, Avengers Endgame, Titanic, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Avengers Infinity War, Spider-Man No Way Home, which is currently still in theaters, Jurassic World, and at number seven, The Lion King, oh. with a total worldwide gross of $1.65 billion. Question in the category of red. A red dwarf is the smallest and coolest kind of star. But I wanted to know, what is a brown dwarf? And I'll take a varied and acceptable range of answers here. All right, uh, 30 points on the line for uh, Penny Pinchers. What do you have? We said it was uh, a star that was close to death. Uh, Matt, you explain. 20, 25 points for you guys. Uh, you yeah, explain this one. We went, we went, we went more... Uh little less risk averse with 25 and we said uh it's a star that has died but has not yet imploded all right i don't believe i can give any points brown dwarfs are not stars they are substellar objects and they are massive enough to not be able to sustain hydrogen nuclear fusion oh that was my second guess <laughs> <laughs> they tend to be you know so, uh, objects in between the size of like jupiter and uh, a red dwarf star so, so during this game, we both have taken a lethal dose and are also ready to implode as well, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the last question was in the category of green. Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Mauritius, Indonesia, and the Maldives all have which common currency? I left a pretty big country off that list. This currency also makes an appearance across all 19 original titles of a very successful video game franchise. Okay, 30 points apiece. Let's start with the Penny Pinchers. 
Um, so we were kind of uh, torn in between two different franchises, uh, Donkey Kong and Legend of Zelda. And we ended up going with Zelda. And the uh, currency that they use in Zelda? Oh, oh, that would be the uh, rupee. Okay, uh, locked in with rupee. Yeah, when we realized that you weren't looking for that the the name of the currency wasn't in the title but actually in the game, it made it much easier. And we, we said rupee. I was talking about the Legend of Zelda, and that is the rupee. I left India off the list. I didn't want to make it too easy for for I know I know Matt knows all about the Indian rupee, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, I did my thesis on it. <laughs> that will conclude the game. It looks like uh, it stayed uh, pretty close back and forth in that uh, final. But with 110, uh, the Penny Pincher is finishing second. And a great effort by Money Monsters with 180. You are today's cream of the crop. I am the cream! Great job, Neil. No, well, no, not really, but uh, I, I screwed up with the, <laughs> the muscle relaxer here. Great job to uh, Christian and Aaron because I felt like we, w- if, if you were here in you know Illinois and we needed substitutes for trivia, you two would be perfect because it was basically just neck and neck the entire game minus mm-hmm. a few questions. So, oh, that is such an honor to hear you say that. Thank you. Oh no, thank you. Uh, we we loved having you here, and you know we're so excited that you were able to uh, get engaged to our show, which is insane and awesome at the same time. It, it, it ranks... you're not talking about being engaged, like posting on the crop and stuff. Well, that too. They're also engaged, but we uh, <laughs> it goes right. Up. It's on the Mount Rushmore of great things fans have done for, done for us. Like Cheyenne Fletcher uh, got a tattoo of our logo, which still boggles our mind, and and someone uh, a couple got engaged to. Uh, to Dutch boys, weird musings. So, um. <laughs> I think why doesn't why don't we get Dutch boy to send them some well wishes for their upcoming nuptials? Um, let's see. <laughs> oh, God, like where is Dutch boy? Let's bring him in right now. <laughs> Make sure to always put the roses in the milk. What? That's, that's, it's just an old proverb, I oh, think. Dutch boy, Dutch get proverb. out of here. Put roses in your milk. I don't know. Dutch boy, don't you need like practical advice? Like, don't leave all the cabinet doors open or. <laughs> I won't stand for that. <laughs> I do it too. <laughs> Rinse all the plates before putting in dishwasher. Oh, that's very helpful, Dutch boy. Thank you so you much. All right. Well, thank you again, Christian. Aaron, any, uh, any parting remarks for us today? Um, you guys have just been like a huge part of our lives. Like every time, you know, we're going on a car ride, every time we're going to the gym, every time I'm proposing to her, (laughs) you guys are there. So it's been an honor being on the show. Um, we're going to continue to listen, continue to, uh, you know, participate in our way and just thank you guys for everything you do. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to buy Neil's book. Yeah. Oh yeah, we know. Oh, we already okay. bought it. We already bought it. So. <laughs> oh well, thank yeah, you. We were, yeah, we were blown away at like the reviews you guys were reading at one of your last. Uh, that was like super cool. And N- Neil, just don't get too big for the rest. Of <laughs> yeah. <right>. yeah. <laughs> Neil is probably the most grounded of the four of us. We are riding those coattails. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much again for joining us. It was a, an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Um, and uh, kind of overwhelming at times but uh, you know I don't feel like we need the honors you gave us but thank you again and uh, for uh, the gentleman in the studio that would be Neil, Matt, Ken and myself that was Triviality Artemis is the correct answer Ken was uh, laughing over there to himself anything you want to share with the class? Nope. Okay, sounds good (laughs) He loved Artemis Fowl. Big fan. Although when I'm playing Hades, I do hate it when I get the Artemis Boon because it's worthless, essentially. (laughs) What's the Artemis Boon? Is it like a a pet boon record? Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. No, you get like you get like power ups through the game, and the Artemis ones are. Oh, okay. Or or... (laughs) not what I need. What are the good ones? Um, I'll get back to you on that. Okay, fair enough. 